0: Content varies by package and location. Restrictions apply. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Sports Radio 550.
1: You know what they say. Saturday afternoons here at the station uh, are reserved for the handsome men, which makes sense because my next guest, Jay Binkley, uh, is at least from what I heard, the most handsome man at his station, 610 Sports Radio Odyssey in uh, in Kansas City. Is that is that right, Jay?
0: That is not true, Nate. <laughs> uh, I would not. I would not put myself in that category.
1: So I can tell your your boss is listening, huh? Okay, I get it. No, yeah. oh, I appreciate that,
0: though. <laughs> but uh, I wouldn't put myself in that category. I am one of the few that can get a date. But uh, hey, yeah. well,
1: that there you go, buddy. I mean, I guess you you, you sort of told on yourself there, okay? Uh, just just so you know. Okay. Well, <laughs> thanks. Um, thanks for joining me. I I, I had a blast uh, joining you and your team uh, earlier in the week to talk about this matchup. This sort of feels Jay like. I don't know, and maybe it's it's more so built up on this side, but I, maybe on that side as well, it, it feels like. There is this rivalry brewing, but typically with any good rivalry, like there has to be wins on both sides. That has to be like a shared rivalry. I I, I get the sense, though, that the fan bases, the teams itself, there's a little bit of worry on one side. Uh, I mean, there's been worry here. I mean, everyone's sort of worried about how good the Chiefs are and and how difficult they can be to stop offensively. But I do get the sense that based off the last couple of weeks that there are some people that are like, well, like the Bills might be a team that really could come in here. And if they win, they've got a better than 50% chance of winning the, the number one seed for the playoffs and what that potential. Essentially means if, you know, the AFC's got to go through Buffalo, but I'm sort of wondering where, where you stand on the other side of this brewing brewing rivalry, because I'm not really ready to call it a rivalry yet, but I could definitely say it's like, it's in the fermenting stages.
0: Looking well, it can develop into one, sure, and if, you know, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, like who's going to be that rival to Mahomes? Maybe it's Josh Allen, uh, you know, like Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, I don't think you have to be in the same division to have it, although arrows are flying from all directions, because it's Justin Herbert. In his run, you know, he beats Patrick Mahomes. Everybody's talking about that. Obviously, Baltimore, Lamar Jackson was 0 3 against Mahomes. He gets that win this year. So, there's going to be a great young uh, group of quarterbacks in the AFC, but who are going to be the top two? You know, who's going to be the Manning and Brady uh, of the next generation uh, going forward? So, it's one of the most anticipated games here. The thing is, there's just so many because obviously it's not the Broncos, the traditional rival. They haven't beaten the Chiefs since. 2015, and Peyton Manning. He's in the Hall of Fame now. So it's been a long time. They've got 11 straight losses against the Chiefs. Raiders have lost eight in the last 10 to the Chiefs. Uh, the Chargers, despite the fact they beat the Chiefs, they've lost 12 of the last 15. Uh, Baltimore was 0-3 against the Chiefs. But Buffalo has the Chiefs' attention. And this is the biggest game in the NFL this yeah. season. And I think it's a real swing game of emotion uh, for Kansas City Chiefs fans uh, that have any hopes of the uh, the one bye. The coveted buy, Andy Reid, 26-5 tw- and after buys, regular season and postseason. It's imperative. And it's imperative for this football team as well because they played the most football games of any team in the NFL the last three years. Going to the NFC title game, then going back for three straight years, uh, back-to-back Super Bowls. It means something to get that buy and play it at Arrowhead Stadium. So when you looked at the schedule, the first five weeks of the season included Cleveland and the Chargers and the Ravens and the Bills. These first five weeks were very imperative for the Chiefs, and uh, the Bills have the Chiefs' attention now, but they have arrows flying from a lot of different directions. But to me, this is the best game in the NFL so far this season. It's not even close.
1: So what do you make of this Josh Gordon signing? And, and, you know, I, I guess I have been, you know, I've been on a couple of the radio stations, and it's sort of been like the first question that you know, hosts want to ask is, well, you know, what are the bills going to do to to, to sort of game plan around the addition of Josh Gordon? And my answer has been, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what Josh Gordon they're getting. Like, are they getting the Josh Gordon that walked into Seattle day one and became, like, (laughs) their number one receiver and then got in trouble again and kind of left? Or is he the receiver that we saw at times in New England that looked like he still had some, you know, still had that Josh Gordon feel to him, but he looked like he had lost a step, and that was two years ago now. So I'm wondering what does this signing mean to you? Is it like, this is a guy that's never going to have to face double coverage because the guy that's on the other side and they're going to be bracketing coverages over Travis Kelsey, and maybe this isn't an opportunity for him to restart the career that a lot of us thought he was bound to have, or do you believe you just have, like me, I just, I don't know at all what you're getting with this Josh Gordon fella at this point in his career.
0: Well, I liked the signing when they did it because it was something the Chiefs didn't have, and they didn't have 6'3", 230 wide receivers. They've got a lot of smaller, you know, quicker receivers. Travis Kelsey, you know, with that size of tight end, basically an extra receiver at that wide position. And, you know, he's kind of over 100 passes the last couple years. He's been that big target. But what happens if a team takes him out? You know, who's that other guy? Tyree Kill does a great job with his size, even high-pointing the ball. He can get up in the air. But they didn't have that that 6'3", 230-pound receiver type at the X receiver. They had a bigger guy in Sammy Watkins that filled that role. And obviously, you know, hurt a lot. But no one of the receivers really stepped up and took that number two wide receiver. The Chiefs made a hardcore press for Gigi Smith Schuster in the offseason that even included Andy Reed texting pictures of the Super Bowl ring. You know the Chiefs were all about Gigi Smith Schuster. And he took less money. Uh the Ravens and the Chiefs both offered Juju more money to stay in Pittsburgh, but the Chiefs have coveted that position. Now they're getting by with it. but keep in mind. Like this offense is historical right now. Yeah. They're averaging three point six five points per drive. They have the fewest driving the drives in the NFL yet sit with the Bills at thirty three and a half points a game with 36 drives. I mean, they've already been good. I likened that the Chiefs fans like this, like an ice cream sundae. It's going to be good anyway. This offense is good anyway, with or without Josh Gordon. What he does is provide the whipped cream and the cherry on top of it. Mm-hmm. Like, having Josh Gordon doesn't define what this offense is, but it certainly does help. And I'm all for kicking the tires of what can he provide for the Chiefs. And I'll say this much, too. Like, the hardest thing he had to do was come into this locker room, a team that's been together, for the most part, this has been the group. There's a few pieces here and there, obviously, some new pieces. But for, for most of the time, it's the same coaches, the same, the same players that have been here on both Super Bowl runs. And you're walking into a locker room and trying to learn, earn the uh, respect of your teammates. Well, Patrick Mahomes, and and he clicked right away. Eric bien the offensive coordinator, was talking about. Mahomes has raved about Josh Gordon. Travis Kelsey went on the Rich Eisen show, raving. Uh, about Josh Gordon, Tyreek Hill has raved about him. Tyron Matthew on defense has raved about Josh Gordon. So, if you're going to go and get acclimated, yeah, having Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Tyron Matthew on your side certainly helps, and he won those guys away real quick.
1: Clyde Edwards-Helaire, talk a little bit about this guy. This is a you know our first round pick, um, and historically football prognosticators have looked you know they've looked down on teams particularly at the end of drafts end of the first round anyways taking running backs when you know you you you, you maybe you're better off taking a a, a better position uh, a better positional value you know the bills were talked about potentially taking Travis Etienne in this draft. They obviously don't get to because you know Jacksonville inexplicably takes a running back with 900 holes on their roster, and and we don't. We'll never know if the Bills were really serious about as Travis Etienne as maybe a lot of people were making that lead up to the draft to be it feels like it's sort of been a little disappointing, though, in in Kansas City, Jay. Like, I I look at him as a player that dominated the college level as a pass catcher and wasn't really the -the between-the-tackles guy. And although that has stood true, like I don't really believe, and the numbers really bear it out, he hasn't had a lot of success when he's been asked to sort of run between the tackles. But he's looked better over at least the beginning part of this season compared to last season, where I thought it was a little disappointing. Really, everybody sort of peaked in that Bills game week five last year, and then from there on, it just it just, it just did not seem like it was fitting well. What have you made of, of sort of his integration in the offense, and is this a guy that you still think is a, an ascending player?
0: Yeah, I do. And he, he was top 11 in all-purpose yardage before he got hurt last season. It's taken quite a while. There's a lot of expectations. The Chiefs. We're enamored with him as far as they fit into the offense. One thing they didn't have is that running back. And you go back to LSU with Joe Burrow, you know, he had 55 catches at over 1,000 yards. That's no, never been done in the history of the SEC conference. So they were enamored with that offense, Clyde's production. Keep this in mind, never been done in that conference. They've had 99 running backs drafted since 2000, 17 first-rounders, but nobody has had 50 catches in 1,000 yards. Wasn't asked to block for Joe Burrow in that five-man protection Mm. at LSU, so that was something that had – got to be able to block if you're going to be back there for Patrick Mahomes. His yards per carry last week uh, were phenomenal at 7.3. He's had 100 yards in back-to-back games. Um, I think this offensive line helps. Um, Should the Chiefs have gone defense in that situation? Maybe so. But the running back, they were enamored with Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and he is seventh in the NFL in rushing at this point. In the 2017 draft class, you know, he's proven to be the first-rounder uh, that's been more valuable. But I'll say this, Nate, is any running back should be good behind Patrick Mahomes. Let's put it this way. He's not going to see eight-man fronts. People are concerned about the Chiefs and the passing game with Mahomes and Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Who wouldn't want to be a running back and be able to produce in this offense? You know, I, I look at it kind of like Tennessee. All right, Tennessee, Derrick Henry and, and Ryan Tannehill. And people oftentimes, you know, put out Tannehill's stats and, and how good he's doing. Well, put Patrick Mahomes in an offense where the defense has to worry about Derrick Henry. You know, he's going to see a lot more less than double coverages through the wide receivers unless teams choose to go on the homes than Derrick Henry. Well, if you bottle up Derrick Henry, can Ryan Tannehill win you a game? He can't because we saw that happen in the playoffs with the Chiefs. But this, this line the Chiefs have built, Yes, it's been a great pass-blocking line for Patrick Mahomes. The sacks are are right there with Buffalo with just five this season. But the run-blocking set, Orlando Brown, the tackle, comes from that run-heavy offense in in Baltimore. They drafted Trey Smith, who might be the steal of the draft last year at right Tennessee, run the football. Joe Tooney comes over the Patriots, and Creed Humphrey is dominating in the run game. But they really opened up the running lanes, and Clyde's got his confidence. Amy Reid stuck with him. Despite the fumbles, and Andy Reid hates fumbles, it's one way to quickly get into his doghouse. But he showed the faith in him, and hopefully it pans out. But you should be able to run, whether it's Clyde, whether it's somebody else. You should be able to run behind Patrick Mahomes, and they've been searching for that in the last two weeks. Against bad rush defenses, they've been able to run the ball extremely well. 186 yards as a team against the Chargers, 200 yards against the Eagles last weekend.
1: Jay Binkley here on the Wester Hotline, Chiefs postgame host for 610 Sports Radio and Odyssey Station as well. Jay, um, I guess I should just ask the broadest question, which is sort of the question on every Bills fan's mind right now, which is, what's wrong with the Chiefs defense, and is this just a mirage, and are they just going to show up like they did in that AFC Championship game last year and just lock down this Bills wide receiver group from the physicality standpoint at the line of scrimmage, or, or is there really like something fundamentally wrong right now with that defense? Like I've, I've heard a a lot of takes about it I, I you know I, I, I'm hearing you know this defense is run by Tyron Matthew and he is still maybe not fully back from his COVID diagnosis a few weeks ago and you know Chris Jones just doesn't look like the same player this year with his move to the edge um, and now he's got a wrist injury is he going to play on Sunday we don't know Brashad uh, Rashad Breeland's no longer there and I'm, I'm not really buying that like his you know, lack of presence is all yeah. of a sudden is the downfall of this defense but there is definitely something amiss, and I'm wondering maybe if you guys in Kansas City have identified at least one or multiple of the reasons why.
0: Well, it's been a miscommunication problem It's not getting production from players they thought would give them production. I mean, you're, you're taking a Jaron Reed on that defensive line uh, from Seattle that's on a one-year contract for here with Kansas City. When he was with Frank Clark, the last season when Frank Clark was in Seattle, you're talking about 114 pressures. You're talking about 23 and a half sacks between Jaron Reed in Frank Clark. He has not lived up to that building. He was the guy that they brought in that gave him the flexibility to move Chris Jones kind of out to the outside. And That's been made with mixed reaction here in Kansas City. Chris Jones was arguably, you know, number two behind Aaron Donald as far as interior pass rushers in the NFL. And he showed some promise there, especially against Cleveland, getting sacks on the outside against that uh, all-pro offensive line and Jack Conklin, how good he's played uh, this year with them. But not having Frank Clark playing. He's played that one game. Looks like he'll play in this game. Charverius Ward, you know, being hurt, he's back for this game. But it's been a miscommunication problem, which is shocking considering all the coaches are essentially back. Uh, from the Chiefs, Spag is still here. The secondary coaches is still here. Defensive line, linebacker, you know, all the coaches are still here. Um, but they're historical. I mean, they're giving up you know three point three five yards, or excuse me, points per draft. And you know, it, 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 it's it's way up from even Washington in second. And it's up from last year at 2.98 from the Lions. It is the worst defense in the NFL. I know they're 31st in yards, but the amount of points they're giving up. Matter of fact, the first 12 drives of the season inside the red zone against the Chiefs all resulted in touchdowns. However, there's been a little bit of a flip. The Chargers had to settle for a field goal in the red zone. Last week, the Eagles had to settle for three field goals. So it's just progress and steps. I do think this defense is better than what they're playing. Now, is the light bulb going to come on with them like it did in 2019 in Mexico City against the Chargers, where the second half of the season this defense was playing like a Super Bowl-caliber defense should? I do believe this defense, getting takeovers or turnovers is what they have to do. I mean, you don't have to be the best defense in the world, but you've got to get turnovers, and that's something that's really hurting the Chiefs at this point. As they sit minus three in the NFL right now, and they're usually on the other side, on the plus side on that, with Andy Reid.
1: Uh, Jay, before I ask you the all-important follow-up question, just a quick uh, update from Ian Rapaport um, on Twitter: The Bills, uh, obviously, we we just learned last segment, have locked up their slot corner Taron Johnson to a three-year deal, and we now know what the money figures are. The deal is worth up to twenty-four million dollars and includes roughly fourteen million in guaranteed. So a really solid payday for the Bills' young yeah. corner Taron Johnson, uh, who has you know greatly earned that contract extension following his play uh, from last year into the playoffs, and has really. Continued that play um, this year, so just just a quick update there from Ian Rappaport. But Jay, um, I, I wanted no, to ask you.
0: Five eleven. I mean, you get you, you got to get defensive backs. I mean, it's what Bart loaded up for bringing Darby and Fuller and Drapton. It's a good move by Buffalo extending uh, Johnson. I mean, this is part of the deal to bulk up that secondary. is a good move by the Bills.
1: Yeah, he's equal parts pass defender, equal parts run defender. He's one of the most impressive run defenders um, in this Absolutely. lineup and just plays like kind of bigger than he is on the field. I mean, I yeah. watched him go straight up, Jay, against rookie Najee Harris out of Alabama in week one and essentially yeah. meet at the point of attack and watch Taron Johnson, 5'11", 192 pounds, pick up and drop. Uh, Najee Harris, and that is not a small man. Like that, Najee Harris is a big man, and for him to do that, I was like, "Whoa!" Uh, like he 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 makes eye-opening plays, and that might have been maybe the, the biggest eye-opener I've seen from him. Um, but and that I, nickel's important. I mean, the oh yeah, get
0: sacks from the nickel. They had the result of that with Lujarius Sneed last year, four sacks, four straight sacks from that nickel position from him to end the year, and then DeAndre Baker, the other one, when they rested their starters against five straight games of nickel sacks. So it's extremely important.
1: Jay, I wanted to ask you this follow-up question from the question I had about the defense, you know, sort of quote unquote what's going wrong, right? And then my follow-up to all the great things that you said and the insight that you provided about, you know, what is going wrong. I'm gonna ask I think the most important question, and does it matter? I mean, does it you 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 said you talked about them in 2019 being that Super Bowl defense, right? And and sure. Having a Super Bowl offense with a Super Bowl defense pencil it in right you could pencil it in if you have those two things you're probably going to win a super bowl more likely than not but if they don't have a super bowl defense does it matter like they could still win a super bowl without a super bowl defense it just i guess is it's the degree of how bad they are the degree of badness if they're really really bad if they're the 30th best defense in the league or the second worst defense in the league i guess it's better put that way uh, does that like how much does that actually reduce the chances of this team winning another super bowl
0: well i think they could win on offense alone and they would be undefeated if it wasn't for the turnovers. The turnovers killed them. The Ravens gave me and Clyde turn it over. The Chiefs are going to win that game. Had a chance there to beat the Chargers as well. I do think they would have beat those teams if not for the turnovers, but that's that's part of football. But despite this defense being as bad as it is, they could still and should be, still be undefeated. McDermott even called it a fluke win the Ravens had against the Chiefs, and that's 100% right. Um, having a bad beat the turnovers thing – When you start going down the stretch and when you start getting the postseason, if they're going to be a bad defense, they've got to get the turnovers and put the homes back on the field because what they don't want to see is what happened in 2019. The year they won the Super Bowl, they lost two straight. They lost three of four. But then those two two straight losses to the Texans and the Colts, the Texans had the ball 15 more minutes and ran for 180-plus yards. The next week against the Colts, the Colts had the ball for 20 more minutes. The Chiefs were within a touchdown of both those teams. Despite it's crazy. <laughs> the Texans having a full quarter longer and the Chargers having the ball 20 minutes more, Patrick Mahomes has only lost by a touchdown or more one time in his career. And that was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the Super Bowl. But all of his games have been have – been, the offense has kept this team. As a matter of fact, even when the defense has been playing well, Outside of the Eagles game last week, and they won 32-20, to they had gone 10 straight starts of Mahomes where they'd either lost or won by six points or less. They play extremely close games. They're good at winning the close games. But the offense, I do believe, is good enough to carry them. But the defense, if they're going to be bad, which they played bad to this point, they've got to find a way to mix in some turnovers. The pressure's there. The blitz is there. they just got to find a way to start bringing the quarterback down.
1: You know, the funny thing is, Jay, is you're talking about these one-score games. And, and typically, when you look around the league and you're trying to predict which good team is going to take a step back or be bad the next year, you know, the, the first-to-worst teams usually yeah. you, the the first list of teams you want to look at are the ones that won the most one-possession games, right? Because that variance, a lot yeah. of that has luck involved in it. I thought last year the Bills were one of those teams. I thought the Bills, in their 13 wins last year, had a lot of one-score games, but they also had several blowouts. That's sort of been the maybe the most interesting part of both of these teams. The Bills, through their three wins this year, have an average margin of victory of like 26 points or something. It's like ridiculous, yeah. it's insane. and yet... You know the Chiefs continue to play one-score games. You don't really see the Chiefs blowing teams out. Why, like, why is that?
0: Because the defense allows the other team to score back, and then Patrick gets the ball and just brings the offense back down and scores again. But the defense—if this defense was even 20th in the league or 21st—and you gave Mahomes more opportunities on offense. I mean, look at the 36 drives, 33 and a half points a game. They are the most efficient offense in the NFL, and could be historically the best offense in NFL history as far as winnies on the field. And teams to control the line of scrimmage, ball control, whether it's running or short passes out of backfield, but moving the chains and time of possession. And I know some are on the time of possession, and I know some analysts say time of possession doesn't matter. In the Chiefs history, a lot of times it hasn't mattered. But in their losses, it's the teams that control the football and keep Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill on the sideline where they can't hurt you. That's how teams beat the Chiefs.
1: Jay, thank you so much, man. Love the insight as always. Enjoy the game this weekend. It should be an absolute doozy. Looking forward to it, and uh, enjoy the rest of your season too, man. I appreciate you having on Nate. As
0: always, thank you for coming on our show as well. It's going to be a great game. I think uh, Bills Chiefs. We're going to see it uh, Sunday, and I think we're also going to see it again.
1: Yeah, I got th- I got the feeling you and I may uh, maybe back at this sometime in, uh, in late January, my friend.
0: <laughs> I think so, buddy. I think so. But well, be in Buffalo or Arrowhead. We'll find out Sunday night. And
1: if it's in Buffalo, I got a bunch of great wing spots. I'll I'd be absolutely happy to cater you to. So,
0: man, I am dying to get the Buffalo for some of that beer, the wings. So, we'll let, listen,
1: Jay, I want to say maybe just throw that down the grapevine to the team. Like, hey guys, like if you lose this game, I'll get some wings in January, and when the Bills are hosting this game, so just think about it. Just think about it.
0: Hey, I'd love to do it. I did a little bet with the, our friends at the, in Rochester. And they ended up sending me beer last year. Uh, so I am all up for any of that, but I am definitely wanting to try the uh, the wings in Buffalo, and I've heard they've had just other great food places as well up there. So love to be there.
1: Sounds good, my friend. Well, appreciate you as always, and, uh, and and I'm sure we'll be talking again very soon.
0: All right, my man. Take care.
1: You too, Jay Binkley. There, three guys in a garage. That's on Twitter. That's his Twitter handle. He's from 610 Sports Radio, uh, an Odyssey station. He's the Chiefs post game host.